Welcome to Love Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of our past and embraces the cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. In this thrilling audio experience, we will embark on a journey through time, reflecting on the things we have written in the past and the bittersweet memories they evoke. Get ready to discover forgotten moments, cringe-worthy anecdotes, and perhaps even find solace in the shared experiences of our past lives. I can't believe I'm here finally recording my first episode of this podcast. I'm so excited. This is years in the making. Um, I've been writing. I've been writing ever since I could write. (laughs) Um, Obviously. Uh, I kept a diary, a journal religiously since probably uh, sixth grade. So like the age of 12. Um, I have a blog that is now, I believe, seven years old. It's mostly about living with mental illness and how I use creativity to heal myself. You should check that out. That's at lindsayloomis.com. A lot of good stuff on there to read. So this podcast is all about reading things out loud that we have written in the past and kind of exploring it, looking for themes, cringing, laughing, um, all that good stuff. Today is a good episode for anybody that has ever been a teenager. Um, Special shout out to Teenage Girl because Sophia Coppola says hell is a teenage girl. (laughs) Um, I've got right here a Star Wars diary journal um, with pictures of the original trilogy on it. This was my diary in the year 2000. So I would have been 15 going on 16. And I'm going to read today uh, from February 14th, the year uh, 2000. So that would have been Valentine's Day. And I might as well say this is a reading from Matthew because the relationship I was in at the time was with a boy named Matt. And let me tell you, at 15 years old, I had no business, no business being so in love with this boy. My first like true love, my first heartbreak, all that. Um, so yeah, this is something super kind of cringe, kind of sappy, but I think it also shows the depths of which a teenage girl can fall in love and just make that boy her whole world. February 14th, 2000. Valentine's Day. Homesick. Matt came over for a while today. Here's how I feel now. After you left me, sitting damply on the couch, sweating with fever, crying from PMS, I prayed for a moment and the room seemed to get oh so dark. It was pure misery. It was the silence of the absence of your voice, a cold spot by my legs where you laid your head. I cuddled the covers up to my cheek where your hand once rested, telling me I was cute. 
I'm cute when I'm sick. I'm cute. Then crept the brutal contemplation. Should I wake up early tomorrow to see your shining face at school? I couldn't decide. I just wanted you back right then to kiss your cute eyebrow that points up in the middle, to kiss your dimples and every single bracket of your braces that you outgrew so long ago. How could I deserve you? Do I truly deserve dot, dot, dot. Then I realized I didn't care about cigarettes or perfect smiles or gifts on Valentine's Day. I don't need to get drunk or wasted. I'm so high on you. And it feels terrific. In fact, it's the best feeling I've ever had, minus my fever. To know I am so stable in my love for you. For once, I am stable. For once, I know exactly what I want. It was about goddamn time. I found this soulmate of my dreams because I do dream of you, Matthew. And that is so special. All right. So let's break this shit down. Sidebar, though, before we get into this, talking about this diary entry and um, dissecting it, you might hear birds in the background. (laughs) Cue my parakeet coconut. Um, I have a parakeet and I have four baby chickens right now, chicks that are still living inside. So don't mind the bird sounds. Um, just think of it as part of like, you know, the audio adventure that you're on with me. (laughs) Also something funny about having birds in the background. I've always had like a songbird since I was a teenager, um, I like the smaller birds, not the ones with the big beaks that'll like bite your finger off. Anyway, because of that, I've never really been able to like prank call or like hang up call like people. Um, And I made the mistake of trying to do that one time in high school with my uh, friend. We were calling my ex and um, we were just like going to hear him say like, hello, and then like hang up. This was in the days of landlines. Um and so we called him. We're in my bedroom on my bed and we're like, he he, he's saying hello. And we're not saying anything. And then like my birds were like tweeting in the background and she was like, she mouthed me. She's like, the birds, the birds. And I was like, oh, oh no. Like I hung up. I was like, he definitely knows that it was me. So because he could hear the birds. So anyway, you know, it's me if there's birds in the background. Um, so I was swimming laps yesterday and I was thinking about um, how I would break down this diary entry and on um, the things that I've written this week. And I was thinking like, what if I were a parent? Um, what would I, what could I do to make sure that my kid wasn't like this, wasn't like me at the time, AKA boy crazy. Um, let me just say, Be consistent with your affection and attention with your kids. Be consistent. Don't leave them waiting and wanting more. Um, Especially if you're a parent that doesn't live with your child. Don't, you know, go months without speaking to them. I don't care how mad you are at the parent they live with, blah, blah, blah. Because that leaves a huge void and a longing in that child to... um, to have that constant affection and attention. 
that's your quintessential daddy issues. And that's definitely what I suffered from. Um, and I even wrote in my diaries and my journals um, that I wish I didn't have to fill a void with a boy or a crush or go from like one breakup to like a guy I was dating and then like talking to this other boy and blah, blah, blah. I just didn't know any better. I just was so desperate to feel affection and attention. And that's, that sucks. That's sad. And I know that there's sometimes not things you can do, like anything you can do, there's hormones, like, you know, you're going to like people and have crushes and want attention. It's just normal. But I had no business not filling that void with family life, with friends. And it's not like I didn't appreciate my friends or have a social life. I loved my sports. I had music that I was into. I, um, I had a best friend, but I just always had that longing to have consistent attention and affection and something that I could rely on to make myself feel better. It's like, I wasn't good enough if I didn't have this attention and affection from people. So if you're not giving consistent affection and attention, cut it out. And that goes for people that are married or in long-term relationships too. Like be consistent, be there for that person because they're going to go looking for other things. Um, also do not pressure your kids into youth group and church type situations. Cause let me tell you that did nothing for me. All it did was I was, you know, pressured to go into like a youth group at this time that I could not stand. And it's not like I was anti any social situation. Like I said, I was in sports. I had friends. I had a social life. I was into poetry. I was in all sorts of things. So if you're looking to put your kid in like a sense of community or something like that, then try it that way. All being in in a youth group did was cause me and force me to tattle on my friends because that's what they did. They made you confess the things that you were doing at the time that weren't, you know, aligned with God. And then to also give up what your friends were doing. And, and I did that and it caused me, you know, to do something that really broke that was not cool with one of my best friends because they just, this youth group was making me and telling me that I had to just constantly tell like what I was doing. And like, I get it. You don't want your kids hanging out with like a girl, like hanging out with boys and smoking cigarettes. But I mean, come on. It's not really that it's not the end of the world that you have a kid that like wants to hang out with a boy or ride in a car, like after school to get a ride home, you know, like you don't need to have like a religious intervention. I don't think <laughs> to, to help your kid with that. Um, it did nothing to help me foster a relationship with God or to help make me want to better my life. All it did was make me feel like a shitty person and that there was something wrong with me. And that's the last thing that I needed was to feel like something was wrong with me. Um, and I have a great relationship with God, with God now, with my faith. You know, I love Jesus. I read the Bible. I go to church every week. Um, but it took me years and years to get over um, 
what I felt in high school being forced to go to these situations that I was not comfortable with. And if you have a kid that has youth group and is into that and has friends, and I had, I knew lots of friends that went to youth groups and loved it. And actually there was another youth group that I wanted to go to that my friends were in, but I wasn't allowed to go to that one. And I wonder what it would have been like if I could have gone to that youth group instead. Um, but you know, the parental figure in my life, the, the people that were at the other youth group weren't good for me. So I was forced to go to this other youth group that was like closer to my house. And like I said, all they did was just constantly make me feel like I was a shitty person and pull me aside and force me to confess everything that I was doing. And then when I was done doing that, I made, they made me confess what my friends were doing. Um, and that's just not cool. I think teenagers should be allowed to have some secrets. So also don't read your kids' diaries. Like that's absolutely disgusting. That is disgusting to me. Um, so yeah, I think that's good as far as breaking down this diary entry. Um, let me know what you guys think about what I read. Did you have some tendencies to be boy crazy or to just be overly into attention from other people when you were in high school? Let me know. This next thing I'm going to read for you guys is not very high on the cringe scale. I'm starting off not as um, not as cringy as I could go, um, but it is kind of sad. So it's about eating disorders. I had an eating disorder um, in high school and college. I was bulimic and anorexic, and that's kind of what this poem was about. I came of age in the early aughts when like having access to the internet was like a brand new thing. And girls were starting these websites where you would look at things called Thinspo, like Thinspiration and Pro-Anna, Pro-Anorexia. There'd be these websites we'd go on where there'd be like pictures of like skinny girls and like tips to like help you eat less and things like that. And it was um, disgusting and sickening. And that's kind of something that's still around and it had also like a renaissance like in the 2000 teens on Tumblr and you can still find this kind of content there today. Um, In the early aughts, it was just disgusting like how much um, having a skinny body was just of the utmost importance. If you had any type of stomach at all whatsoever. Like you weren't even allowed to leave the house. Like it's just so bad. And I wrote this poem that I'm going to read when I was actually going to therapy, when I finally decided to seek help to get over this eating disorder because I couldn't stand the way I was living anymore. Um, So I think that's why I was able to have um, this wherewithal um, to write something like what I wrote and this journal, this, I always had two notebooks. I had my journal, my diary, which I wrote daily things going on in my life. And then I had my poetry and my songbook. So that's where I would write poems that I would eventually turn into songs that I would write um, and play the guitar with. And this one is from 2004. So I would have been 19 going on 20 and it's called, the fattest day ever. 
Today is the fattest day ever, and I know this to be true, because what looks distorted on me looks perfect in view on you. I'm not just looking for attention, and I promise I don't lie, but today is the fattest day ever, and I'll tell you why. Of all the things I've done and all the books I've read, of all the songs I've written and nice things I've said, of all I have accomplished and the love I have received, of all the blessings I have counted and those I have helped in need, of all the things I've worked on and the ways I have been spoiled, of all my days in the sun relaxing and well-oiled, of all I have learned and what I know I still will acquire, of all the deeds I have sweat through working on life's fire, of all the smiles I have given and all I have received, of all the loves God gave me and all of his light that I have seen, of all the good times I've been through, made better by bad times past, of all the friendships that I know and I know that will last, of all the kittens in the world and the birds that I love so, and the flowers I have watered and allowed to grow, of all the dreams I dream that I know they will come true, of all the places that I have been and I was still able to find you, of all the voices who told me that I am oh so strong, of every note I've lifted from my voice into a song, of all my clothes and long blonde hair, I know this to be true, that today is the fattest day ever because I'm still fatter than you. So let's break this down. Um, what would I do? What could I do if I were a parent to make sure my kid doesn't have an eating disorder? Um, and just constantly compare themselves to other people. I know obviously comparing yourself to other people is just a rite of passage. It's something we do, but please, for the love of God, do not talk about how your kid's body looks, how other people's bodies look. It's just better not to comment on it. And this is something that I still struggle with not doing. I, you know, you see someone, it looks like they've lost weight or, you know, they've been working out and you just want to be like, oh, you look good. You look like you've lost some weight. Like, mm, can we maybe not talk about that? Because if we're allowed to say that, are we also not going to say it looks like you put on some weight? It looks good. It's just not something people say and it's not something we should say. Um so if you have kids, especially that are adolescent age, any age, just don't don't talk about how their body looks. It's just it's not necessary. Especially don't tell them that they're gaining weight and that they look bad. I remember from fourth grade because I had parental figures in my life telling me that I was becoming overweight. I needed to to lose weight, um, and I was not like overweight, like I needed to go to a doctor. I feel like the only time that this is acceptable is in like a, you know, a health situation. Like you're at a doctor's office, like we need to change your diet. Even then, like, I think the parents should kind of take on the role of that, like weight loss. Anyway, um, I was not even close to, I had pressure on me from parental figures to lose weight from a very young age and it did horrible horrible damage to my self-esteem. It made me absolutely obsessed with the way my body looked and how much I weighed and what I was eating. 
And I had no business at nine, 10 years old to be so focused on that. And it didn't get better as I got older. It got worse and worse because it was um, definitely fed by the way society was at the time. Just the skinnier, the better, the skinnier, the better. Nothing feels as tastes as good as skinny looks, things like that. As far as eating disorders and body image goes, I am so deeply grateful for this generation, for Generation Z. When I downloaded TikTok, I was like, oh my gosh, it's such an accepting generation of kids that are not so focused on the way we look and what our body looks like. And I've never felt more beautiful in my own skin. I've never felt more sexy. Believe me, if you're listening to this, just know it gets better. It gets better, people. I think that is pretty much I have everything I have to say about the poem, The Fattest Day Ever. Um, Let's get this show concluded while we're here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, This is my you know, this has been years in the making. Like I was saying before, I've always wanted to have a podcast where I could read over things that I've written in the past, whether it's poems, diary entries, like school essays, um, not to mention my blog posts too. Like this is not going to be just things I wrote when I was a teenager. It'll be things that I wrote just last last year or 10 years ago or in my 20s or in my 30s. Um, and I'm also going to be having guests on that will read things that they choose and that we can break down together. So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. I've got a microphone with your name on it. Um, Thank you again for your patience. I know that the quality will get better. If you guys have any uh, feedback, let me know. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening. And I will, I plan on being back here every week to talk with you guys. Uh, Thank you again, and I will talk to you soon. Love, Lindsay.